sorry, there's so much excitement about series two. Take us back to the very beginning, why you wanted to write something about teenage sexual experience, which let's face it, most of us would be keen to forget. So why did you want to write about this? Um, well, the idea came to me um, from the production company as a seed pitch. So um, the production company, Eleven Film, had come up with the idea of what would happen if we put a teenage sex therapist on a onto a school campus. Um, and I just instantly was like, I have to write the show. And I sent them all these pictures of me as a teenager, which was sort of insane. But I was like, you have to give me this job. Um, and then I went off and sort of, you know, created the world and like developed the characters. And I think I just really saw in it that it was a great opportunity to write something that was hopefully very funny, but also could um, tackle sort of quite sensitive subject matter with a younger audience in a, in a frank, non-gratuitous way. And when you're sitting down to write series two, with series one having been such a monster hit, what, where do you even start? What's your vision for it? More, more nerves or are you okay? Um, I felt like I was quite lucky because um, I'd started writing series two before series one came out. So I was able to sort of very much stay in the bubble and um, really think sort of organically, like just what's the rest of the story? What do I want to do with these characters? Um, but then once the show did come out and I realized that um, people liked it. Um, it. I definitely did feel a little bit of pressure, but um, I also felt a bit more confident. Like my first writer's room, I really didn't know what I was doing. I'd never been in a writer's room before. Um, so I was very much sort of faking it till I'd make it. And then the second time around, I felt a little bit more, um, yeah, I felt like I kind of knew where I wanted to take the characters and I felt like I could be a bit bolder with it. So that's what we're going to see this series, do you think? Hopefully, yeah. And it's, it's always that blend of comedy and drama, isn't it? Which is so difficult to nail, but so key for this series. Yeah, I think we're, we're constantly sort of treading that line. It's my favourite type of storytelling is, I sort of call it happy, sad. Like I think, you know, where you're sort of laughing one minute and then the next bit you're like, oh, gut punch. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're always sort of like trying to do both things at the same time. And uh, yeah, I think there's more of that in series two. And a lot of our female characters really come to the forefront. And uh, I think we just go a bit deeper with uh, all of our characters and their stories. And Ben, the visual palette of this series is incredible. Ben is our director, for anyone who doesn't know. I mean, where, where did you take your inspiration from when you started to put this together and direct these scenes? I think it all sounds like a bit of a negative answer to it, but I think we, when I first met and I pitched for the job, and I told Laurie and Jamie, who's lurking at the back there, how I saw it, I, I think I'd always dreamt, I'd always wanted to do a, a high school a high school show or a high school movie. Um, and I was always frustrated growing up that all the films that I loved were American and the British never seemed to do a positive representation of the high school experience. So I think we, there's something very much in Laurie's writing that I thought not only could I finally sneak that visual approach <coughs> in, but I think it, it, it lent itself to it where it was an incredibly positive world and they were, there was like a fable quality to how how positive and how inspirational these characters were. There was a lot of warmth and it needed it needed a, a sort of a, a cinematic rendering, I thought, of, of something that was probably more akin to an American high school show. And it also it needed something I we always talked about for Otis. It needed a scale where he could be anonymous and he could be a new kid and he could be invisible, which I think was sort of more more how I remembered seeing Ferris Bueller and stuff like that, where you can be lost in a sea of, a sea of characters. 
And Asa, I mean, it's an interesting series for Otis because he kind of thinks he's had a bit of an epiphany. He's got somewhere, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, an epiphany is one way to describe it. Um, yes, I mean, season two, as, as you guys all had the joy of watching, Otis is very much um, connected with himself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's great to have because that's what that's what he's struggling with in the first season and we see the arc and we have, so has, has a, a beautiful final shot um <laughs> which, uh, which then leads us into this and um yeah i mean when you're doing scenes like that in a show called sex education you kind of know you know what you're in for and, and i remember ben and i when i first read the script for episode one and read that uh that opening montage and saw otis's how how the end of the first season had bled into everything that's going on starting the second season. Um, and I knew we could have a lot of fun with it. And, uh, yeah. When you talk about scenes like that, I mean, can you bear to watch them back? Are you proud of the show that you're in? Or um, how do you feel about it? I, <laughs> he was alarmed how long it went on. I, I, yeah, that, that was the first, actually, when I, I'd seen it again. I saw it at the premiere a couple of days ago, and that was the second time I'd watched it. And it was more bearable. Um, <laughs> I was actually sat next to my mum and dad oh. <laughs> during that scene um, and I, I asked my mum what she what she thought of the episode what she thought of it and uh and she said she thought it was sweet um so that's i guess that's probably the nicest thing she could have said a little weird but um you know that's, that's, that's and then much alcohol was consumed i suppose just get, get out of that um sadly not <laughs> uh shooty oh my god I mean, his journey through series one and that cliffhanger at the end of, of that, I mean, the reaction you must have got must have been huge, no? It, uh, it was positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, yeah, Eric goes through a whole journey in season one and um, it was really, really nice to, to play a character that, that represented so much um, and like had so much strength in a way that we haven't seen strength portrayed before. Um, so thank you, Laurie, for writing such a wonderful character. Um, yeah, it was it was such a pleasure to play him. And um, obviously, everyone's intrigued about what's going to happen with Adam, but but for him himself, do you think we're seeing him more self-assured? Yeah, Sorry. definitely. He's a lot more comfortable within himself this year. Him and Otis return, and they're, they're, quite, they're quite busy boys this year. <laughs> They've got a bit of attention this year. Um, Adam does come back into town, and so we'll see how that goes. Ooh, say no more, say no more. Uh, Gillian, Jean has her own romance this year. I mean, how difficult is that going to be for her? You know, obviously she's, she's so concerned about the relationship with Otis, but she has her own life to worry about. Well, I think it gets a little bit complicated for her. I think she's um, she uh, doesn't know quite what she wants. And so um, uh, she's in a bit of a push-pull relationship. And it's also complicated with the fact that Otis is currently uh, dating Jacob's daughter. And um, so certainly wouldn't want him to know about that. But so it's a bit complicated. Yes. And obviously she is an expert, but it's really interesting seeing her in a relationship. And, you know, even if you're an expert in something, when it's you, it can be a bit different, can't it? Yes. I don't think she's necessarily an expert at her own levels of intimacy or, or um, 
able to absorb intimacy in the in the same way that she's able to give advice about intimacy. And I think she has a lot of fear. And I think she's been burned quite a lot. So, um, uh, so yeah, she's she's uh, she's avoidant. Yeah. And Emma, I mean, we all just our hearts broke for Maeve at the end of series one. She's sitting there watching that. I mean, we've all been there. Um, is she going to shut that off in her mind? Do you think? How successful can she be at that? That's a good question. Uh, I think she'll, she'll try and um, she tries to shut it off. But the, the, what I'm happy to see in season two is that she certainly she um, she's all about Amy, which I which I'm all about. I like seeing a bit more of uh, Maeve and Amy's relationship and friendship because I think it's really it sets a really good example, and uh, their duo is sort of set aside from everyone else. And I like how they coexist with one another without without judging each other and they completely understand each other. They're so staunchly different and yet they, they sort of complete each other. So I'm happy that that relationship is sort of taking, you know, coming to the fore, the foreground of season two, definitely. And it's also about her and her own ambitions and yeah. you know, the struggles that she faces. It's a lot more about, about that necessarily than her in, intimate relationship. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot less, uh, yeah, doesn't it? There's, virtually no sex or intimacy at all in season two for Maeve. Um, and it's more about um, her family life and how she um, tries sort of trying to find her place a bit more in her in her family unit, which is already very complicated and, and convoluted. So she's trying to fit in there. And then is also focusing on her studies more and, and joins the quiz team, which is very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be glad to know that. Nice <laughs> um, Patricia, in amongst this cast of characters, your character seems quite like she's quite sussed. Or are we going to see more of her insecurities coming out, do you think? It's really interesting. I think um, we get to see this really confident character in her first day of school um, being very vulnerable. Um, and there's a lot of moments in season two that I, I think that we see Ola in, in situations that she's not necessarily very comfortable in. And how does she deal with that? And that's been really interesting for me to kind of explore that growth um, within her uh, and see how she reacts to certain situations. Um, certainly, she's still headstrong and she still acts upon that. And that's been really interesting to see how far can a character take it? Um, and like, how far can she go uh, with that? Uh, but it's nice, we get to meet her on her first day of school. Obviously her relationship with Lily is, is great because she has no friends and she's in a completely new school. Uh, so that's, that's lovely. And throughout season two, we get to see how they develop. And I think it gives a great insight into Tanya Reynolds' character, Lily, as well, as well as Ola, um, because through friendship, we get to see what they're like, um, you know, individually and uh, on their own. So it's been great. Laurie, but one of the things people love about this show is the cast, is it's fresh and young and diverse. What was your casting process and your considerations when you were bringing this team together? Um, I think we definitely felt like the real joy of a teen show is having a cast of completely new faces, obviously other than Asa and Julian. Um, but uh, yeah, so that I think that if you think of a lot of the great sort of teen shows in the past, it's um, those kind of actors become those characters and so we felt like it was a real opportunity to like find new talent and uh, that was the most exciting thing about the process. Yeah I'd not, I'm not sure if I told Ace for this but I met uh, Lauren who cast the show so brilliantly and we sat down and talked about it and she had read the scripts and she said how do you see Otis and I said he's 
an Acer Butterfield type. <laughs> um, and she said, oh, we'll, we'll get Acer then. I said, we won't get Acer. <laughs> and then I found myself on a magical lunch with him. <laughs> yeah. and we, he had green hair. <laughs> uh, despite that, he was still, like, I came back terrified because I said, if we now can't get him, the show's over because <laughs> he's just perfect. He's a dream for it. And very similar with Gillian. And I went out and I haven't told Gillian this, but I had a lunch and was feeling physically sick. I was terrified <laughs> <laughs> because it was the same. It's like, and then shortly after that, they both miraculously said yes. And in the background of that, we'd been auditioning this amazing cast. And we had, did you do, you did a, um, chemistry reboot shooting. Did you not? No. We just gave him, I think we just gave shooting an endless line of bullies that came in and beat them up. They just we had lots of Adams to beat the shit out. Yeah, yeah. Audition process. I know, but no, it was um, yeah. Like Laurie said, I think it's the joy of finding like properly new, exciting faces that people mm -hmm. are going to meet for the first time, coupled with like I don't want to bang on too much because I'm sitting right next to him, but Asa for me is just the dream of this job because he's... he's, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, he is, he's, he's an extraordinary actor, but more than that, he's an incredibly generous human being and you can put him on set with, <laughs> with, with people that are new and like people fresh out of drama school who'd never been on set before and he not only wasn't like a, a big star with them. He was incredibly supportive and brought stuff out of them that they didn't know they had. And together we found this amazing energy on set. And I know everybody in here, I'm sure, is bored about hearing people talk about what an amazing family they had on set. But we're away in Wales for 20 weeks. Yeah. yeah. And we just, have, we just have the best time. And this guy's a very large part of that. Oh. Interrupt this bromance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, that, but I know that you also care about emerging talent behind the scenes as well. Can you tell us a bit about the training scheme you had in production? Yeah, we. Uh, it was weirdly, other than finding these guys, one of the hardest things to find was a campus that we could take over. So we looked around lots of weird and wonderful nunneries. Laurie Nunneries. Um, uh, school, so <laughs> school campus. <laughs> Schools, <laughs> university. And we, so we looked at all these places and we found this one in Wales. And then when we knew we were going to go to Killian and in Wales, we then had a partnership with um, the Welsh Film Board and University of South Wales. And we, we had various amazing schemes that I wish were around when I was doing film at university where we brought on graduates and all departments and several of them stayed with us from the first to the second series. And every production has its own approach to sex scenes and intimacy. There was an intimacy coordinator on this, wasn't there? Can you tell us why that was important? Um, I think it was something that we talked about very early on. I think because of the subject matter of the show is so sensitive and um, the cast is, you know, obviously everyone's over 18, but they're, they're a young cast and it's something that uh, we take very seriously that they feel safe and supported, and um, that any of the kind of scenes that they're that they're going into, they they feel like um, there's a there's a real kind of understanding of why why that's been written into the show, why it's important, and uh, and yeah, I I really have a rule with my writing, which is that any of the sex scenes like they they have to be 
driving the story. They have to be there for a plot reason or um, they have to be very, very like truthful and human so that it's showing us something about sexuality that we maybe haven't quite seen before. And um, I think everybody um, like in the cast has a real understanding of that. So it really feels like we're all sort of like in it together. And mm. um, and and Ita, the intimacy director, she just really, really helps um, that process. Um, you know, she, she talks about it like um, you'd have a fight director on set. So why would you not have somebody to direct these like quite difficult intimate scenes? And I think um, I think everybody's found it very helpful. Patricia, can you talk about that from an actor's perspective, what that's like? Is it like choreographing it's, a scene? It is, and it's incredibly helpful, actually. Like, it's almost like a dance, because you will kind of work through the, the sex as, uh, with beats, do you know what I mean? And I, I described it earlier with like, David Thackeray also works with us, um, with Eater, and he'll be there being like, okay, so we'll start at like a, a two orgasm, and then you'll go up to like a number four, and then like, <laughs> and then like, maybe let's get to eight, but like, you know, uh, and you'll, you, do you know what I mean? And he'll, he'll, it's about having somebody to like, almost understand the, the scene physically for you and remind you, um, you know, where you're gonna go with it when you're filming and, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> things like that. Because I mean, like when you when we're doing it, it's it is we're not really sometimes not even touching each other. So it's almost like remembering, remembering the sensations and having having someone on there who's got a dialogue is extremely helpful. And I mean, I'm a dancer, so I appreciate that kind of language, um, especially the physical language and uh, working together with another actor and making sure that they're comfortable as well as about me being comfortable is is great because then you know you can play and there's no danger at the end of the day. You know, you're not gonna be weird with each other because somebody touched you in some way that you, you maybe didn't like, like your elbow or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> maybe you're weird about that. So um, you establish all of these things before you start. And I think that's incredibly helpful. And we also look at animals and stuff, which, kind of helps break it down, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Uh, so that's, that's a bit of insight into um, our sex scenes. <laughs> and Gillian, you've, you've worked on so many hit shows. When you first got the script for this, did you have an inkling that this was gonna be big? Could you see it or, or is it always a gamble? Uh, oh, it's always a gamble. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I even knew it when, when I first watched it. Um, it was so different from anything that I'd ever done before and anything that I'd ever seen before. Mm. And it's really hard to judge whether, you know, for me, I, I mean, I know that, that Netflix felt so strongly about it from the beginning and they knew that they had a hit on their hands. But, but I didn't know for myself whether how the audience was going to take um, the fact that it, it was both American and it was British and it was in the past and it was in the present and... And um, and also the, just the particular degree of comedy mixed with drama, because it is a comedy, but it's also a drama. Um, very, very serious subjects, but a lot of really broad topics, or a way of handling topics very broadly. And, um, and so it was such a fantastic and pleasant surprise to discover that I was wrong. And that, <laughs> and, and that actually it's exactly what people needed in this moment but for exactly the same reasons why one today in this age needs to have an intimacy director because you know to protect people on set which has never really happened before in any other decade um but also i think one of the reasons why it's so popular is because 
you know, we're being told on a daily basis, you can no longer do this, you can no longer say this, you can no longer, you know, it's, you, it's not allowed, you're not allowed to flirt anymore. And there's certainly uh, a world where, where that pendulum swing has been absolutely necessary until it finds its new normal. But in the meantime, it's also incredibly freeing for a young generation who hasn't even had the experience yet of 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 um, of having all the different degrees of inappropriateness that can happen necessarily, you know, to have to be so concerned about what's okay and what's not okay to just have it all on the table, and um, and so I think that's probably there's a there's you know it's it's so broad in so many different areas and so diverse that it, it's inclusive of, inclusive of everybody and everything. Mm. And uh, there's something incredibly um, freeing and spectacular about that. Mm. And yeah. Asa, what have you made of the reaction? Because it's not just teenagers watching it. It's a really wide range of people. Uh, and some find it hilarious, some sort of taking quite a lot more from it, actually, and, and the poignancy of it. I mean, what have you made of what people have said to you? Um, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it has been spectacular, and I've heard so many um, amazing things from people. I mean, I uh, we we always hope a show is going to do well, and it's going to be successful, and you and 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 you hope that people will talk about it. And but to hear that it actually helped people, um, like there were people in countries that perhaps same-sex marriage was illegal, mm -hmm. and we heard stories that they they'd watched this show and it really helped them. Sort of accept themselves and believe believe in themselves and uh, believe in their place in uh, on, on the planet because the show is so inclusive and yeah. and so accepting and um, it's it's really special to be a part of something which can be so empowering. And just before I go to the audience, Shuti, Emma, Trisha, I wanted to ask you about this as a breakthrough role. I mean, for your first massive role to be on, this is pretty mental, right? I mean, what's that experience been like for you guys? <laughs> oh look! Uh, yeah, uh, it's been it's been it's been amazing. like uh, this past year has been a uh, like a roller coaster. Like yeah. it definitely yeah. like pushed our careers and lives into a different trajectory. But um, like like you've said just now, is uh, like it's it's really cool to be a part of a show that everybody's behind. But it has like uh, it has like a message and a meaning behind it. Um, and a lightness as well. I feel like that kind of yeah. helps deliver those messages. Definitely. But like the yeah, the year's been um, getting spotted in Lush in that. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? when you're in Tesco and you're like picking your sif, yeah, <laughs> your Doritos, and then someone asks for a selfie, it's like, what? I'm in my trackies and my slippers. Like, it's a bit like it's, it's odd. It's been odd. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to be a part of a show that we're also. Um, we're all, I feel like we're all very excited to be a part of it and we're all very proud. I don't know if proud is the right word, but Big we're fans. Yeah, we're fans of our own show, which is yeah. quite nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, like you said, Sweetie, it's very, and AC, it's very empowering and, and it feels like we're sort of sort of part of a movement in a way because mm. we're establishing, or at least we're opening up a lot more conversations and a lot more doors for people. And it's, it's, it's as well as being very touching and moving and <coughs> silly and sometimes farcical it actually is actually it's becoming a tool for people and people are using it as a point of reference which is just I think that's brilliant and, mm. and I, li I like the practical element to it as well.
So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing that it's actually because it is a comedy that people. I think that's what that that's what connects a lot of people to it, and mm. a lot of people have loved it. Um, for that reason, for me, it's been amazing, obviously, because it's the start of my career. So to be part of a show that, uh, and also playing a character that really I champion and ag agree that, you know, in a way that she doesn't need explanation for me because she just stands alone. Mm -hmm. And I think there's, um, this is the time in which uh, characters like this can exist um, and we can get to know them a little bit. So it's really exciting for me to be playing Ola at the beginning of my career. And I hope that, mm -hmm. It just kind of continues. I mean, I, I love sex education. I'm glad you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's your turn now. So if you have a question, please raise your hand. The mics are going to be coming around. Uh, we'll start with this lady down here. Um, are there mics? Yes. Um, mics just coming to you. Thank you very much. Hello, hello. Um, yes. So um, jumping ahead slightly. Uh, so. Hopefully, season three. Um, I'm interested, <laughs> yes. from, I guess, for the actors, where would you, is there an area where you might see your character, like what you would like to explore, maybe looking ahead that hasn't been looked at so far? Or it could even be for other characters and creatives as well. Is there something that is sort of on your mind, somewhere that you'd like to go for the cast or as general themes? I want to hear these guys oh. answer it. <laughs> I'll be like, that is not happening. <laughs> Bodybuilding? Christmas. <laughs> I secretly want there to be a musical number. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You get mates. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. Um, no. Like a glee moment. <laughs> but like an American horror story glee moment. Musicals. Okay, Shooty, do you have a. Um, I would like to see, what would I like to see? Um, <laughs> maybe like the relationship between like race and sex, like explored a little bit maybe. Like, I feel like there's a relationship between those two things and like, there's like fetishism out there, <laughs> and, like cultural appropriation and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, maybe something like that, but I, I'm not a writer, so. Yeah. Series three is gonna be amazing. Asa, <laughs> <laughs> um, anything spring to mind? Um oh, I don't know. Um I'd like to see Otis break some more rules. I think I'd like to see him. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I, I always like when this, I think Otis has a sort of dark streak in him, and he, I mean, all the characters are flawed in some way, and I think that's what he's, he's basically relatable. evil. And there is, there, there is certainly some evil in him. We've seen it in season one. We've seen it in season two. I'd like to see a bit more of that. Um, not like so that we don't like Otis, but oh my God, can he turn oh. into a serial killer? I, uh, wow, this is great. in your hands, Laurie. <laughs> Loving this. Great. Let's get another question. Uh, thank you for that. Raise your hand so I can see you. No? Go on, be brave. Otherwise, you go home and go, oh, I should have asked my question. <laughs> yes, there we go, in the middle. Hi, I, um, I just wanted to ask about the post-production um, side of the show. How long, how long is the turnover for the second series? Um. It was pretty horrible. <laughs> I so I did this year, weirdly, I, I did the second block, but I did episode one, six, seven, and eight. And by the time we had wrapped at the end of August, 
um, basically, sorry, short answer, we've got to deliver it for this time slot. So it's got to go out mid-January. So in order to do that, we triple banked editors for the first time I've ever done that. So I was editing three episodes at once and it just all got very condensed. So the first block was a bit more luxurious, but it's sort of roughly about three weeks an episode for offline. Um, but they are, and it's the best, most challenging thing about Laurie's writing is that they're dense. Like there's episode eight, I think had something like 90 scenes for, <laughs> A 50 minute thing so it's it's really it's really intense and these the unfortunately it all lands on these guys shoulders because it just means that we're moving really quickly but then it yeah the edits it's quite tough is there a pressure in terms of writing and production to keep that momentum of the first series when you're working on a series two um, yeah i think in a way i in with the writing it's just been non-stop for like two two and a half years really um I, I feel like I, I've done nothing but write, mm. but it, you know. But in a way, that's also a, it's a great thing because it means that I'm just completely in that world. I'm completely immersed in it and focused on it. Um, but it's it's basically the same for you as well, Ben. Mm. It's not much break really. It's pretty intense, mm. yeah. in a good way. In a good way. How many hours a day you write? Um, <laughs> it varies. <laughs> it varies when it gets closer to like the read through. Sometimes I'm. Like there's been times where I've written like all the way through the night to like six in the morning, which oh is God. pretty nuts. Um, but I don't do that every, I'd be dead. I don't do that <laughs> I do sleep sometimes, but I, I dream about this show. So it's like, it's, I'm basically a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, any other questions? Yes, down here. I wanted to ask about the wardrobe because obviously Jean's wardrobe is Amazing. So what's everyone's favourite article of clothing from like their own character's wardrobe? Ooh. Oh, good question. Good Excellent question. question. Gillian, start with you. Um, there's a top of jeans that I really, really, well, so many things. <laughs> uh, there's a top of it, um, half of it, if not three quarters of it is vintage. It's from um, Angels. And so Rosa, who does, um, who designs it, uh, we meet there for hours and hours. <laughs> and she pulls stuff, and most of the stuff that she pulls onto the racks uh, are, are yeses. I, I think I'd probably say no to maybe 10%. Mm -hmm. And she's got such a good eye. Yeah. And um, so uh, there's a few coats, but there's this velvet, light green velvet top. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I like your yellow stuff. dressing gown. Yeah, I was going to say, I love your yellow dressing gown. <laughs> I love it. It's great. A lot of men have worn it. Patricia, do you have a yes. favourite piece? Myself? Yeah. I have a green jacket, which I sport always. Yeah. And I feel like not Ola when I don't wear it. So um, I love that. But also, I, I have a lot. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you guys because half of my my stuff comes in at the end, my favorite stuff. So, I mean, after, after you've watched the series, we'll chat if you guys <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Emma? That suit you had, yeah. that stripey's pointy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. was that? Later on, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have some vintage um, like genuine stuff from the 70s, which just excites me so much. So cool. uh, proper fitted 
gorgeous things, um, which Rosa always makes sure that fits me just just right, like a glove. So yeah. I have, yeah, I have an amazing. Can I say it? Suit. Yeah. <laughs> she said it. <laughs> then it's not. Then it's not coming from my mouth. <laughs> Emma, what's your fave? Uh, my favourite is probably um, have that little Americana fringe fringe jacket number mm. with the tassels, oh, yes. which is a great little little piece. And also, I just love that I have a Maeve has a cardigan that she just wears in her in her in her caravan, and I'm so excited when I get to wear that because it feels like pajamas. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> Chitty? Um the prom outfit. Yeah, nice, nice, nice choice. <laughs> Asa. Um, I don't want to say my jacket. <laughs> the jacket's really cool, and that's the answer. There is a T-shirt Otis has, and it says, I think it says like Lincolnshire Country Club, and it's got like this funny little house in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an old, like, you know, you know yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about, the brown one. I love that one. Um, Lincolnshire might not be. It's some somewhere. <laughs> Country club. country club. I thought Perfect. it was quite good. I, I don't know why I like, like it. I, I like it. I always get excited when I see it in my... You're allowed to like the, it. Allowed the jackets for Otis are best and worst friend because we shoot it in the height of summer. Mm. So he has no choice. You sort of approach him and put him <laughs> back in it and it's yeah. just the hottest thing. And it's Do you want to talk about the black leather jacket yeah. I have to See. wear every single day? <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> great question. There's probably time for one final question. Oh, we'll take these two and then we'll wrap. So yes, ladies down here. And there's one here. We'll go this one first. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, so I was quite interested as to whether in season two you kind of delve a bit more into Eric's kind of home life and family dynamic. I mean, because I think uh, that's quite important. We do a little bit. Do you know uh, my mom, um, Eric's mom comes a lot more to the forefront this season? Um, because, you know, mama's no best always. And Eric <laughs> is like, there's a couple newbies in Moordale town this, uh, this season. <laughs> that uh, some have caught his attention. And so, you know, mama helps kind of steer him in the right direction. And so, yeah, we, we see a little bit more about Eric's kind of home. <laughs> Exciting. And there's a question just here. Yeah. Hi, um, he's not here today, but um, was there any particular thought behind having a Swedish actor come on? As a Swedish myself, I, I love the fact that he speaks Swedish because it's just like the greatest. So I'm just wondering if there was any like, because we're quite free people, we're quite open and there's a lot of nudity and stuff in Sweden. We're quite open. So I don't know if that was like, I don't know if that was like a thing that was a thought of it or was it just like a perfect fit for it? Um, Ola and Jakob were always um, supposed to be um, like immigrants from somewhere else um, and we didn't quite know exactly like where they were going to be from um, but I love the idea of her speaking to her dad in another language and when they like fight they fight in another language and then um, it really was just a natural thing through the casting when we found um, Mikhail who plays Jakob we were like Swedish but actually um, <laughs> Swedish is very hard to learn so Ooh. you actually that's Swedish, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> no, we had a big, Trish and I talked about it today. We had this big moment where, because the way, it, and the casting, you want to be really ahead of the time and you try to be, and then it gets closer and closer and it's like, shit, we haven't cast Jacob yet. And then we get, there's always like the last one. So we met Trish, I 
just a few days before she was on set for the first time. And she was amazing. She did a brilliant read with Asa. We gave her the job and said, how is your Swedish? <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like the night before in the hotel room. They were like, so you've just got the Swedish script. And I was like on Google Translate, like, <laughs> I'm Laurie, not sure I can do it. Laurie came up with the perfect solution, which is she understands it, but she doesn't speak it. Yeah, so she, nice. uh, or we, she does, but we never see it. But well, I also three, think I it was because Mikhail <laughs> said if, she, if um, Trish speaks Swedish, he was like, Swedish people will know. Yeah. yeah. Was like, they will know and they won't be happy. And I was like, don't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so just it's up to my good old acting skills. <laughs> Such a pro. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much. We could chat all night, but thank you so much for being here. Thank you for, for being here as well and for all of your lovely questions. There's going to be a reception downstairs in the Crystal Room. You're all very welcome to join us. But for now, please join me in thanking our panel. Thanks for joining us and remember you can listen to previous BAFTA sessions and podcasts at guru.bafta.org.